Welcome to the Tuesday, October 10th edition. That's right, Tuesday. We skipped Monday, guys. What the hell happened to us? Where were we, Tom? Uh, working. Some of us, you know, we got to work. We had to prepare for that, that huge game last night between oh. the Vikings and Bears. So, uh, that, you know, we can't be here every day for you folks. We apologize. We'd like to be, but there's just some days when work gets in the way. All right, let's be honest. We were celebrating the Packers' victory on Sunday night. Had a little bit of a hangover on Monday, and that prevented us. And then Derek was already drinking, getting ready for the Monday night debacle between the Bears and the Vikings. That's the real truth, right, Derek? No, actually, I was not drinking before the game started, but after watching that first half, I started. <laughs> yeah. I started for sure. What a debacle, like you said. Just ugly first half of football. Um, the good thing about this, Vikings do not historically ever win games like that, especially in Soldier Field. We just have trouble every year. Every year we go there, no matter how good our team is. So that's one we that might be our actually steal game. Uh, like I mentioned last week, we had to get one back from losing to the Lions at home, and that might be it. Anybody mad at me if I turn the game off at halftime? I went to NFL Network at halftime. They had a good timeline. Was that Tuck one? That was really good. If you haven't seen that, check that one out. I started watching that. I came back, it was like 10 to 2 or something like that. I knew somebody hit a home run for the Vikings. So, uh, But, hey, it was a good second half. That first half was brutal to watch, though. And the number of flags, that refing crew, I mean, come on, stop it already, would you? Man, that Bo- was not fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, Bowers crew is awful. Yeah. I didn't realize the Vikings had been, what, 3 and 15 over the last 18 years at Soldier yeah, Field. Yeah, we, just keep, we can't amazing. win there. We won in 2009. We didn't even win in 2009 when Favre was there. We won... Uh, one wow. year on a 55-yard field goal, I think, from Longwell and Adrian's rookie year. But I, it, we never win there. It just It's horrible. So that was, All right, it, so let's talk a little bit about last night. Tom, Trubisky, what did you think of Trubisky? I thought it was a solid start. I mean, I thought that he did enough things to, to warrant uh, enthusiasm, certainly. He's not helped by this team. They, they've got major issues in the passing game. They, they really don't have any receivers. Their tight ends are weak. I know Zach Miller caught the touchdown, but they just don't have anything. It's a Jordan Howard offense, so... But I, I thought that uh, overall, I saw a lot of good things, and, and I think there's room to build. Now they just have to get talent for him to throw to in the future. It isn't happening this year, but going forward, get some wide receivers in there for him to throw the ball to. Yeah, I mean, how do you look at this talent? He, he can roll out. He's got a strong arm. He's very accurate. I thought that first drive was very impressive. The penalties held him back from scoring. But uh, how do you be a head coach and say, you see Mitch Trubisky in practice, and then you got Mike Glennon, and you're like, no, Glennon, he's definitely the better one. Same with Houston. How do you look at Deshaun Watson and Tom Savage and say, yep, Tom Savage is the better guy. I go that way. Derek, how do you do that? Because they're overthinking like they always do. I mean, yep. the coaches just, they want to be they want to be right. They get something in their head, and they got to prove it prove it to themselves, and then usually it takes two, three, four weeks till they everyone on planet Earth recognizes they're wrong, and they have no choice, and that's basically what happened there. I mean, Mike, we said it early, one of our first podcasts, that we thought Trubisky yep. would matter this year because Mike Glennon is exactly that, Mike Glennon. I mean, there's nothing special there. So, yeah, it's just a case of these coaches overthinking stuff. Get your best players out there and win games. 
All right, McKinnon was great last night, 26.6 points in, in NFFC scoring. He was good. He's for real, and the Vikings aren't bringing back Adrian Peterson, Tom, because he's going to Arizona. Any fantasy value there for Peterson? Uh, in a standard league as a number three running back, maybe. The good news for Peterson is he's going to get carries now. He's going to get the volume in Arizona that he wants and that he needs and that wasn't happening in New Orleans. Now, the downsides are their offensive line's atrocious. So if you thought Minnesota's line was bad last season with Peterson, way to get a load of this one because they are terrible. They cannot run block at all, which is why Carson Palmer throws it about 50 times a game. But they want to run the ball. And I think that uh, Peterson will get, you know, 15 or so carries a game. I don't know if he can do much with it. I, to me, in a PPR, I have no real interest in him because he's not a factor in the passing game. That'll be Andre Ellington. He's got to score touchdowns in order to justify his place in your lineup, and I'm not sure how many of them he'll get. What would you think of Latavius Murray and McKinnon last night, Derek? Uh, Murray looked a little better than the week before, but he's just a nothing. He's a, he's just a guy. Yeah, he obviously didn't set the bar very high the week before, so being better didn't, you know, that's nothing there. McKinnon's obviously going to be the guy moving forward that they, that's going to that you can use in fantasy. You can't put, plug Latavius Murray out there, and he's, you know, maybe he gets 7, 8, 10 carries a game. Doesn't catch a lot of passes, just looks slow. Vikings offense just looks way better with uh, – with McKinnon in there. So moving forward, McKinnon's a nice little guy now. I mean, he, sadly enough, if Delvin Cook would have been out there last night, he probably would have had 250 yards in that game. McKinnon, yeah. as good as he is kind of receiving whatnot, he misses a ton of open running lanes. He runs into the back of guys still. And a couple of those runs, Delvin Cook would have jumped cut real quick and been off to the races. So, again, McKinnon's fine, but he, he's obviously not going to – I just would have loved to see what Delvin Cook could have done last night. and it's frustrating, well, but again, twenty six point six for McKinnon. Yeah, so I mean, Tom, I know you're dying because you'll have Cook in a lot of leagues, but you could have had a thirty plus night last night. I did. I, I picked up Jarek McKinnon, so it worked out pretty well. Here's the thing. I, I, I got Jarek McKinnon by Lisa Ann in the Serious Host League, but I didn't care because I was playing McKinnon in my big money league. So uh, congratulations, Lisa. Well done with Jarek McKinnon, but I was thrilled. No, he's not going to do this. He's not a 20-touch-per-game no. guy, but he can catch five-plus passes easy every week. So from a PPR perspective, I think he's a, a solid number two running back. And clearly, like Derek said, he is the choice here in the Minnesota back. He has to be. What I liked was Derek talked about coaches being stubborn. The Vikings weren't stubborn with Murray last night. They have financial reasons to play him a lot. But once it became clear that McKinnon was the guy who needed to be on the field more, he was on the field more. I give the Vikings a lot of credit for not saying, oh, we're paying this guy all this money. we got to get him out there and give him 15 carries, even though he's falling all over himself. They got McKinnon out there, and they won the game. Well done. Well, well, we'll talk about it more later this week, but big Packers-Vikings game this week. Derek, are you going to the game? I will be there, yep. Noon, uh, sadly, it's a noon kickoff. We like those to be, you know, 3 o'clock or even Sunday yeah. night games. But, uh, yeah, I'll be there. All the guys, uh, my whole group will be there. And we don't let as many Wisconsin people into the new stadium as we did at the Dome. The Dome used to be probably... 60-40 Vikings-Packers. Last year's Packer game was about 90-10 Vikings fans. I know it was it was opening night at the stadium, you know, regular yeah. season. So I'm guessing it's probably closer to 75-25 you know, this time around, so it'll be rocking. I, as of now, I don't have a very good feeling as a Vikings fan that they can – I don't know how they just – the quarterback play is not going to match up with Rodgers. I mean, it wasn't going to anyways, even with a healthy Bradford, but I don't have a good feeling as of uh, today on Tuesday. So we'll see. Hopefully I get pepped up a little bit more during the week. The yeah, Packers we'll are – the Packers are five and one. 
<laughs> I wouldn't say that at this point. Anything can happen in Minnesota. We know that. Yeah. The Packers are yeah. five and one. I'm calling it. Hey, hey, real quick before we leave that Vikings game last night, I got two quick points. The the duck duck goose celebration was the greatest <laughs> thing I've seen since the T.O. Sharpie. And the Bears two point conversion play was yeah. the neatest little play I've ever seen. That was phenomenal. They yeah. act, they actually ran a play a couple years ago. It might have been last year against us where Cameron Meredith did a nice little pass too. It was crazy. But the Bears, best two point conversion team in the league as of now. Yeah. I couldn't follow it. I mean, I needed an instant replay. It was like, they scored? How'd that happen? That was fantastic. I mean, it yeah. was executed just perfectly. I think John Fox had nothing to do no, with that. John Fox had absolutely was... <laughs> nothing to do with it. <laughs> There's no way he could have been that innovative, for sure. How many times did they punt inside their own zone? You know, I mean, that first half, they must have punted four times yeah. from the 38 on. You know, it was crazy. I mean, go for it. You got nothing to lose, for crying out loud. All right, let's talk a little bit about injuries, Tom. I mean, wow, what a weekend. Let's talk, start with the Giants. Maybe we finish with the Giants, too. Odell, out for the year. Marshall, out for the year. Shepard, out two to four weeks. Dwayne Harris, out. Have you ever seen anything like that? No, I mean, I, I don't know if there's ever been a game where the top four receiving options on a football team all suffered major injuries, two obviously done for the year in Beckham and Marshall. That's a devastating. I mean, the Giants were in bad shape before. Oh. It's hard to believe they're in worse shape than they could have been, but they're in much worse shape than they were before. I mean, this is just a, a bad team that just lost its best player, and they're, man, can we just give them the number one pick now for next year's <laughs> draft? Because they're locked in now. Yeah, we knew New York was going to get the first pick. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's we thought it was the Jets. Yeah. No, <laughs> That's the Giants. Yeah. Wow, crazy, crazy. All right, let's talk about some uh, week five top performances. Deshaun Watson, 48.1 points. Amazing. Carson Wentz was 38.3. Tom Watson, 48.1. Hopkins had 27.2. I think they got most of them in the last five minutes of the game. When I turned it off, uh, when they finally punted down two and Tyreek Hill took it to the house, I was like, this is stupid football. You don't punt at that situation to begin with. Turned off the TV and then realized Hopkins went off for us. Yeah, that was insane. If you went to bed at like 11 o'clock Eastern, you missed everything because it was bananas what they were doing down the stretch. I love Deshaun Watson. Now, they got problems. You talk about injuries. Yeah. Obviously, J.J. Watt yeah. and uh, and, and uh, uh, Ursulus, thank you. That's a huge blow to their defense. But, yeah, he's just fearless to Sean Watson. He doesn't care. He's going to chuck it and throw it and run. He is fun to watch. And, boy, oh, boy, if you got him in fantasy, he can be a top-five QB the rest of the way. How about, how, yeah, about Hop- how about Hopkins and Fuller combining for five touchdowns on six <laughs> catches only? They only yeah. had six combined catches, five TDs. Ridiculous. All Will Fuller does is catch, catch touchdowns. Right. <laughs> I picked him up in the Serious Host League, and he won it for me this week. I struggled in that league. Nobody had him. I just picked him up for free and put him in my starting lineup because I was hurting for, for wide receivers. So, All right, quarterback play. Six quarterbacks, 30-plus points this week. That was Watson, Wentz, Prescott, Alex Smith again. Man, the guy just been looking great. 36.1. Cam, 35.7. So we're starting to see some good quarterback play. Let's talk about the running backs only four running backs this week, 20-plus points in the NFFC. We had Melvin Gordon at 34.3, which was unbelievable. Wasn't even sure he was going to play. Fournette, 31.4. How good is that kid, huh? He's he takes good. on the punishment and just knocks him right on over. McKinnon, 26.6. Aaron Jones, 
20.4, and then Lev Bell at 19.3. So it wasn't the week for the running backs. Derek, what do you think about uh, those guys? Let's talk about Fournette and Aaron Jones especially. Well, for, we, we all know we love Fournette. I mean, guys that stole him at the beginning of the fourth round, oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Yep. I mean, there's nothing. The guy, their offense built around him, like we said, he looks phenomenally fast. Fa- they, I think, they clocked him as the fastest running back this year uh, on that 90-yard touchdown run. I, th- <laughs> I thought I heard. So he's uh, yeah, moving forward, locked, locked and loaded. Uh, Aaron Jones, I mentioned that to you guys Thursday night while we were watching the game. Then I thought yeah. he was a, a much better play than Jamal Williams. Uh, I think we saw. Who wanted Jamal Williams more? Uh, uh, I don't know. One of you two. It wasn't me. I, I was the guy saying. Wasn't me. <laughs> I thought he would play more. I didn't want him out there. I thought, but I did think he would play more. Tom was yeah. talking to Lindsay the whole time, so it must have been you, Greg, that was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Must no, have been no, you I, talking about Jamal. Lindsay, shout out. How you doing, Lindsay? <laughs> I picked up Aaron Jones, and I actually started him this week, yeah. and uh, he was huge for me. So, no, I felt Aaron Jones was going to play more because he, he just it seemed against Dallas they were looking for that type of guy. But boy, he he looked like he had instincts. Between the tackles. So what do they do? Sees it and jumps out. You know. What do they do with Tymont when he gets back? I mean, they don't have a reason to rush him now. That's for sure. But what? What's? How's that going to all play out? Well, here's my take. They're not going to rush him back, but he's still the number one back. McCarthy's one of these guys who's loyal to veterans. He's not losing a job because he got hurt, but he was on the field ninety to ninety-five percent of the time. So now you got a timeshare. Nothing wrong with that. You got two backs that are going to be, you know, ready to go. So I think they're both going to share, but Aaron Jones is not going to just be totally out of the mix. This kid is special, so I think they're going to keep him in there. Yeah, I think that's very possible. Keep in mind, the last time we saw Ty Montgomery, he was averaging five yards of carry with broken ribs. Yeah. So let's not rush, let's not push Ty Montgomery out to pasture nope. just yet. No, no, he's got a role, a big-time role. He's still going to get more of the carries, I think, than Aaron Jones, but this kid looks special. All right, wide receivers. What I say? Four running backs, 20-plus points this week. Nine wide receivers, 20-plus points. A.J. Green, 30.9, but Tom, you said it was one of his most unique games he ever had. Hopkins, 27.2. Antonio Brown, give me the damn ball, 25.7. Devontae Adams, 25.6. Wasn't cleared from concussion protocol until Saturday. And Ty Hilt, uh, T.Y. Hilton at 24.7. So, Tom, we saw the wide receivers coming back again this week. Yeah, some obviously some big performances. Yeah, A.J. Green's game was bizarre. I mean, he first of all, he starts with a 77-yard touchdown run or, uh, catch, which was great. He later has a 49-yard catch that was great. He has 189 yards receiving. He also was personally responsible for at least two and probably three turnovers. He had two balls bounce off his hands, and he fumbled the ball. I, I don't, I've never seen a game quite like that in terms of unbelievable plays and then crushing turnovers. Fortunately, the Bengals won the game because A.J. Green's last big catch set up the go-ahead touchdown. Yeah, Dalton to Green early on was a nice one. I had Dalton for a couple of leagues, and I was just happy with that one, and then he just kept on throwing the ball. All right, there's not much out there in free agency. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, but uh, there are some tight ends that are available. How about that Ed Dixon? Boy, does he look good. Not. 22.5, he led all tight ends, though. George Kittle, oh, does he look well, maybe not. 21.3 he had on Sunday. Those were your top two tight ends. And Zach Ertz, 18.1. Cameron Brait and Kelsey had 17.8. Derek, are you in love with Dixon? Are you in love with George Kittle? I believe he's from Iowa. What do you think? 
not obviously not in love with either of those guys. I don't, I've, I'll bet I'll go out on a limb and say Dixon doesn't have that much yardage the rest of the year combined. Um, Kittle Kittle interests me for as a backup tight end. I'd throw a couple bucks his way if I if I needed a, a backup tight end moving forward. He looked pretty good, but uh, Ed Dixon game of his life, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. Number one defense was Jacksonville, twenty eight points. Miami got twenty points. They ain't gonna do that again. Uh, how about the kickers? Harrison Butker, 23.2, led the way. Vinatieri with 19.1. All right, Tom, you got any good things to say about Harrison Butker? Best name in the NFL right now, but uh, on top of that, he's kicking field goals all over the place. So, yeah, hell of a pickup there if you grabbed him after Cairo Santos went down. Well done. Yeah, all right. What did we learn in week five? Anything other than you got to stay healthy? What else do we learn, Derek? Anything? No, that's it. Uh, we still, uh, it's still anybody's game out there. I think a couple, couple of teams maybe coming to the forefront. The NFC Eagles and uh, Panthers look like solid four and one teams at this point. Packers obviously look very good. Um, yeah, I mean, just who knows? I mean, the Giants obviously are done. Uh, I don't know what to think of my Vikings right now. Again, I'm not confident uh, of the Packers. Packers game this week. We'll see. We have no idea who's going to be quarterback three weeks from now in Minnesota. So, uh, yeah. you know, might be it, Teddy. Might be Teddy Bridgewater. It might, it might be. be. You know, we don't know. Um, yeah, you see, you don't hear a lot about Teddy here. It's kind of weird. It's kind of still all in the all in the background. So we're kind of just waiting to see what's going to happen. And we, I think we got to roll with Case Keenum until at least through the bye week. Our bye week's nine. You know, we got three games. Yeah. I, I I don't see anyway. Bradford. It's like he re-aggravated it worse than it was originally hurt. So I don't think we see Sam Bradford till if we see him at all the rest of the year. We won't see him till after the bye. Yeah, you know what's interesting? The NFC North, the Packers are set at quarterback, obviously. The Lions with Stafford. Now Trubisky looks like he's set there. The Vikings are the one now who were solid at quarterback when they had both Bridgewater and Bradford. But what do you think is the future for the Minnesota quarterback situation? I, honestly, at this point, I don't know. It, it maybe I don't even know if it's someone on roster. Maybe we have to go give number yeah. four a call back for the finish of the year. I don't know. Hey, don't go down <laughs> that path, you you're just doing good. You weren't in our doghouse. Now you're really back in there. So you ain't bringing four back in purple anytime soon. You know, I think All the right. Vikings, they'll have to make a decision at the end of the year. Bradford's contract is up, and uh, I believe Bridgewater's is either up or coming to an end. So we'll see what they decide to go with there. I, I'm At this point, call it a coin flip. All right, sounds good. All right, as far as free agents, I don't think Aaron Jones is available in many NFFC leagues. I don't think McKinnon's available in any NFFC leagues. Tom, you mentioned maybe a new Browns wide receiver is on the radar. Yeah, Ricardo Lewis is the flavor of the week in Cleveland. He's, you know, had a couple of nice games, getting targeted share. They got to throw the ball to somebody. The problem is, uh, as we saw with Higgins a few weeks ago, you can't really trust anybody in that passing offense. But it's bye week time, and uh, if you're desperate, he's at least getting targets for now. All right, sounds good. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We're getting all the payments ready for NFPC. If it doesn't happen on Friday, it's going to be first thing next week. They're going to be deposited in your player accounts. We have over $3 million going out this uh, in the next week to all of you NFPC winners. So 3.14 million. What's that? 3.14 million. See, there's the account right there. He's got the numbers. <laughs> Give me that point four, would you? I'd be happy with that. Yeah. So, but no, we're getting ready. You guys are all going to get paid. NFFC, all the national races are real tight. We'll talk about those tomorrow as well. So join us back here tomorrow for the High Stakes Fantasy Advantage podcast. Have a good day. All right.